0: Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the beautiful Mr. Kyle. And joining us also over on the couch is Sarah. So for those of you who don't know, that's Kyle's fiance. So she decided that we were cool enough to come hang out with tonight. So she's joining us. But she's not on any mics because she hates us. But it's fine.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's a little nerve-wracking having her here. She's never listened to it. But, yeah, it's a shame. But sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, it's weird to have an audience,
1: you know, you got to start with one, right? Yeah, it's really nerve wracking. <laughs> sitting um, there
0: reading her book, not paying attention to us. Oh, uh, Peanut gallery over there. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So we are continuing with our team previews for the 23-24 NHL season. So today we are hitting on the St. Louis Blues. We're hitting on the Washington Capitals and we're hitting on the Philadelphia Flyers. So we're going to kick it off with St. Louis. So arrivals is Kevin Hayes and Oscar Sundquist. Departures are Josh Levo, Tyler Pitlick, Logan Brown, and Thomas Grice. So not a ton of movement, but yeah, kick us off Kyle. Yeah. There's not much going
1: on for a team that had not much going on last season. Uh, They very disappointing. I, went off on them on our team breakdown. So I'm um, trying to turn the page the next season, but I have a feeling it's going to be very similar. I look at this lineup and just seeing their first line being Bucinavich, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. I like it. It's okay. I'm a, I'm okay with that. Brandon Saad, Braden Shen, Kasperi Kapanen, not a fan of that. Mm. Uh it, It's okay but it's not going to make the playoffs like to me that that line is just not a very solid second line. I want that to be my third line, (laughs) honestly, and third line being Jake neighbors, Kevin Hayes and Jacob Verana. Now that name I do like a lot. I've always had a lot of high hopes for Verana, And I think that that was a very good deadline deal last year when they picked him up. And we'll see. I'm excited to see him on a full season there. But I don't know. I don't really like where this team is heading and we talk about a lot with uh Jordan Bennington
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's just not very good. And they got some work. I do have a you you might know him a little bit more than me. Do they have any goalies in the system? Joel Alfer. Other than him. Other than him? I don't, or what
0: are your <laughs> thoughts on him, I guess I could say. Well I guess we're just gonna start with my hot take. <laughs> Which is fine. My hot take is Joel Hoffer will be the starter coming out of training camp. Okay, so that, out of yeah, training camp. Out of training camp. Oh wow, okay. that's that's because Hoffer has been very good everywhere he's gone. He's he's done what he's needed to do. He's been very 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 solid. But to answer your other question about, I mean, they have Malcolm Subban. He's yeah, an initial starter. I, yep. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's still pick. better than he's still better than Bennington. <laughs> Let's be real, real here. I don't think they have any like A um or blue chip goalie prospects other than Hoffer, but I mean, he's 23. I mean, he had a 9.21 save percentage in 47 games with Springfield last year. He got shelled in the playoffs for an 853 save percentage in 2 games, but <laughs> Yeah, know, yeah. last year in 10 playoff games, he had a 934 save percentage. Yeah. So he played six games this year, had a 905 save percentage. I just, I think he's going to be pretty good. I mean, I, I really am. I, I think he's going to be very solid, very solid. I don't know that he's going to be exceptional, but I, I think it hinges more around Bennington than it does about Hoffer. Because I think that Bennington's just not, he's not it. And I think, and that's the thing to me where I think that changes the fortunes of this team. Because last year you had Grice and Bennington. And Grice, that was probably Grice's worst year of his career. He played horrible. Yeah. I think if you have Paul he if he's able to start 55 games this year, I think that's going to be a very different team. So, yeah, so we'll, I'll toss it back to you. Sorry, I didn't need to, we kind of but we're all over the place. It is what it is. But yeah, yeah. well,
1: I kind of threw you at, I threw Hoffer at you and I didn't realize that was your hot take. So (laughs) I wouldn't have thrown that at you so soon if that was the case, but I really don't think that I just don't see anything that, to like push this team to be better than they were last year. I mean, Mm -hmm. they don't have O'Reilly anymore. They moved him at the deadline. They don't have, uh, um, why am I drawing a blank? I feel like there was someone else. They moved Tarasenko. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And barbershop. Like that's three big, big, big-time players that are gone. And, um, yeah, so, I just, I don't know. And their replacements being Kevin Hayes for O'Reilly, Kasperi Kapanen for Tarasenko. There's some pretty big drop-offs there. Mm -hmm. So, I I don't know. I don't see this team doing very well. Uh, I'll put my hot take out there. It's my first negative hot take. (laughs) Uh, They will be a bottom-five team this year. Mm. And I don't really think that's too hot of a take. I couldn't really think of anything because I looked at this roster players-wise. I'm like, eh, I don't know. There's just nothing there that I could feel confident saying, like, you know, Colton Pareko is going to be a 60-point a defenseman this year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't see it. Like, I, I don't even, I couldn't even, like, try to picture, like, a hot take. So, yeah, I know it's not very
0: hot because it's very possible. But, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I like it. We're having a flip of roles here because you're going positive or negative and I'm going positive.
1: <laughs> Very odd.
0: Because I have them the third seed in the central division. Really? Yes. Because, and here's why, I think Hoffer's going to start. I think it starts with the hot take. I think Hoffer's going to be starting a lot more games than people realize. Whether he's a starter coming out of training camp or not is you know to be seen. But he's going to start a lot of games this year. He's going to be a big upgrade on, on Bennington. You don't have the distractions of Barbashev, Terran and O'Reilly being up for as free agents. You don't have the downside of Ryan O'Reilly having his worst year of his career, pulling the team down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All those things are now gone. I think they have the team that can win. I think Hayes is a good fit there. I think that what's that lineup is going to end up shifting a little bit. I think that, Jake neighbors is going to take a step forward this year and be very good. I think you're going to see another really good year from Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. I think this is going to be the year you see th- Thomas take off. Mm. And I think you're going to see him cement himself as the number one center there for the, for the rest of that contract and for the foreseeable future. I just, I look at it going, they're very rough on the defensive side that didn't get fixed, but I think having Hoffer back there, Will help with that because he's not going to let in those softies. And I also think that, well, I I think that that Berube is going to have to calm, find a way to calm Biddington down. He needs him to not be losing his head, not be throwing water bottles or trying to slash people in the face or any of that nonsense. He needs to calm down and just play hockey. And I think Barubi needs to be the one that can do that to do that because he can be. Mm-hmm. So. I'm actually a little bit more on the up and up on this team. I think that they're going to step take a step forward. With that said, I would not be shocked to see them in the top in the bottom five, because yeah. a lot of things could go wrong. Hoffer could struggle. Hoffer could get hurt. That could be a big difference maker. You could also have Parenko not figuring it out, and he's just—I mean—he's just bleeding pucks last year, and same like that whole defensive core was. But I think Perunovic is going to make the team this year. I think he's going to help with that. He's also going to bring them something that they don't really have on that defensive side of somebody that can carry the puck and score goals. But it's also – and then how's Hayes going to fit? Is Kapanen going to go back to normal Kapanen? And then what is Rana going to do? But again, I think that if you get the best of Hayes, if you get the best of Shen, if you get the best of Kapanen, if you get the best of Rana – I think that all of them are going to be... People are going to be like, oh, wow, Like, how did, how did Kaepernick get picked up on waivers? How did Veronica get traded for a seventh-round pick? Like All these things. So, Which is why I'm, I think that there's a possibility that they, they, they find their way back in the playoffs, And which is also why I have them where they are. Because I know that you're not going to hit on everything. No team ever does. Mm-hmm. Even Vegas, they won the Cup. They didn't hit on everything. Mm-hmm. But I still think that there's enough wiggle room there. And there's also, I mean, prospect-wise... Zachary Bolduck, Zach Dean, they can challenge for spots this year. I mean, both of them are 20 years old. It's not like they're – and the nice thing is both of them are now able to go in between AHL and NHL. Mm-hmm. So you can have them come up for 10 games, move them down, have them come back up for 10 games, move them down. So that gives you a lot of flexibility with if Kapanen struggles, if neighbors struggles, whoever, if whoever struggles. Plus, they have SOD there. And I think that SOD is such an underrated piece to NHL, any NHL team – that it's often easy to forget about him, but he's so important to that roster. So yeah, that's kind of where I had them going. Um, I think it's fun to be on this side of things. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, uh, with that, I'm there. I'm also, I think that that's, that might be my hottest take as far as standing goes is having them move up the three because yeah. that central division is very competitive, very competitive, but I don't know. I just I like
1: it, so I went with it. Yeah, no, that's it's it's funny you say that because last off season I was as excited about the Blues as you are. Mm-hmm. I said to you, they're they were my Cup favorite out west. That was last offseason season. I was saying that. I'm like, I love this team. I think they're built. Once they make the playoffs, they're always built to be a team to look out for. And I just was so disappointed last year. I, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just I was. They made me look so bad. I'm still salty about it. So, yeah. No, it's interesting, though, how we completely switched opinions this all season. But, yeah, everything you said makes a lot of sense. Uh, Robert Thomas is definitely someone I'm always looking forward to to see because I want to see him take that next step. And I, the, potential's, the potential's there so much. Mm-hmm. Such a good player. So, we'll, yeah, it'll be exciting. And uh, you mentioned earlier that Sarah's sitting out there. Hey, you're in
0: fantasy this year. Keep an eye on Hoffer.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, he could He could be. I mean, because because even, I mean, you look at a lot of those goalies that went from the minor leagues to the NHL, and like, you know, I mean, this could be the year that he just takes a step. Now, I'm not saying that maybe he's, this is the year he does the Bennington, where he comes in, he's great, and then next year they're like, where the heck did that go? Because guys figure him out. But I don't know. I, I'm just... I feel like this is going to be the year where he takes that step forward, and and I think as long as Barubee doesn't get stuck with the management side of hey, we can't have our five million dollar goalie sitting on the bench. I think that that's what needs to happen, and I think he needs to management. And say, well, do you want to win games? Because if you want to win games, he's got to sit on the bench. Yeah. But yeah. So anything else on St. Louis? I'm good. All right. Good luck to them. We wish them all the best, regardless of what happens here. But yeah. So we're gonna move on. Next up, we have Washington. So they have arrivals. Uh, Carberry, coaching. Max Pacioretty, Joel Edmondson. Their departures are LaViolette, Connor Sherry, Craig Smith, Matt Irwin, Logan Brown, sorry, Connor Brown, and Carl Hagelin. So that's who they're losing. So I'll start with this one. Um, I'm really interested to see the coaching change. I I'm, I think LaVillette is great coach. Great coach. I really think he's going to make the, the Hall of Fame. I have no issue saying that. I think that's going to happen. But his time was kind of over in Washington, and I think he lost the room. So, unfortunately, that stuff happens. I think this is a, a year of reset for them. I don't think they got worse. I think, I mean, you look at, okay, Haglin and Brown didn't play all year. So, two of their losses... Didn't play at all. They lost Sherry, which hurts. That's going to be a, a, a loss, but Craig Smith, meh, not really like that was just a, a you're bringing him back because they needed to get salary moved from, from Boston. Matt Irwin's a depth defenseman. They didn't really lose anybody. They, their defense got better by bringing angel Joel Edmondson. We talked about, you guys talked about him a little bit more than I have talked about him on the podcast. I wasn't on, he's going to be a very helpful piece there. And they brought in Max patch Now patch didn't play last year but or are sorry he played four games or whatever it was mm-hmm. but i mean that could be i mean that lineup with him on there looks i mean looks a little scary like it looks it looks better than last year because right now their top six is supposed to be ovechkin kuznetsov tom wilson max patch nick backstrom tj oshi that's a pretty good looking huh, looking team and then milano stromantha that's a good team so, and then, you know, defensively, I mean, if they can keep Carlson in the lineup, if he can be healthy, if Sandine can take that another step forward, which I think he will now that he's out of Toronto and Matt Crabble, but another like, I mean, they just, they don't really have a hole, you know, and and I think that the you know, goalies could, if Kemper gets hurt, they're going to struggle a little bit because I, I think Lingren's a good backup, but he's not a starter. And with Kemper, it's always a question mark just because he has health issues, but I mean, I just I like this team. I think that they're, I think they made they they did good things in the off season, and so I'm interested to see where that's going to land them. But I I do like their off season. Yeah, Carberry's got a lot of pressure on them this year
1: because this team is very good. Mm-hmm. I, I everything you said. I, I that's my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had the whole lineup written out. I had can't uh-huh. wait to see what Sandine does this year and the additions and everything. But uh going off the lineup though, you know, you mentioned about Pacioretty, Backstrom, Oshi to me right there is just that makes that so much scarier instead mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe Milano up there with Backstrom and Oshie or even uh Sherry being there. Like mm-hmm. Pacioretty's and A whole different level of a player Mm -hmm. and assuming he can get back to form like you know tearing two achilles in one year is not going (laughs) to be easy to come back from Mm -mm. but if he can come back to be anything of the max patch that we all know that is scary so yeah i have this team well i'll give my hot take i'll head towards it i have them winning the metro division is my hot take okay (laughs) I like it so spicy and I want them to because I want Ovechkin to come out and just have like the career season even though he doesn't really have to but to have everyone shut up about he only cares about the goals record Mm because that guy cares about winning hockey games more than anything so I want to see that so bad and I want to see this team in the playoffs again because my opinion the NHL is better when teams like Washington are in the playoffs they missed them this year (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. That's that's a good one. I, I I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. I also wouldn't be shocked to see them land where I have them at fifth. Yeah. I think that they're I think they're gonna make the playoffs because I think that there's gonna be five teams from the metro. I just I just think there's gonna be so many there's those I think those teams, the Metro teams are gonna beat the Atlantic teams in those games. And I think you're gonna end up with five teams from the metro. So I think Washington's sneaking back in, but I do think I do have them at five. But I do I would not be surprised to see them end up higher and I mean first. I mean, I don't think there's I think that's very open. This division's very open for who's going to end up one through four. I don't think it's a necessarily a guarantee that Carolina repeats. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but I don't think it's a guarantee. And so that's a I really like that. I think that's a that's a really cool and very realistic hot take. So which I think is because it's nice when they're realistic sometimes, because sometimes I go way off the deep end and have these crazy (laughs) ones. But um, I I will say with Ovechkin, I think I liked last year when he came out and just shot. They just shot the puck. Mm -hmm. Like he was just like, it was almost like he didn't care. Like I'm going to just shoot the puck and I'm just going to do my thing. And I think he's at his best when he's doing that. And I think that that's going to help the team. Because it's going to be twofold. Because when he's scoring goals is when they're winning games. So he needs to score for them to win games. So these people that are complaining about, oh, he only cares about the goal record. Well, okay, yeah, he has to care about goals. He has to <laughs> score goals to beat it. But by helping, you're you paid to score goals. Yeah. So when you do your job, all of a sudden <laughs> you're not supposed to. Like, what? Yeah. People are so dumb. Yeah. They're so dumb. But you, you score goals to help your team, but you also have
1: to score goals to break the record. So what do you what do you want him to do?
0: <laughs> and like I don't understand because like that's good. Like
1: He's scoring <laughs> since, goals. Since when was like, it bad to score goals? I I know it's so frustrating. <laughs>
0: uh, it's it's so annoying. People are just uh, they, they annoy me with it, with dumb stuff like that. Like just leave him be. Let him be. Like it, it's fine. But on a, on a quick side note, real quick, I wanted to throw this out there because I didn't know this. I don't know if you know this, but. Since we just talked about Hoffer in St. Louis, his brother, Ryan, is a Washington Capitals prospect. Oh, really? Uh huh. That's awesome. So I did not know that. And I was scrolling through their prospects. And I'm like, wait a minute, Hoffer, what are the chances that his, that's his brother? And sure enough, it is. So it's funny. <laughs> what anyway, position? Uh, forward. Forward. Okay. Center. Okay. 6'3, 192. Ooh. Sixth round pick in 2022. Okay. So he put up 68 points last year in 66 games. So very cool. We'll see what happens then. Yeah, but
1: yeah. Um, uh, so you, just real quick too, you mentioned about the third line even Milano Stromantha. To me, that line is it, it. It could be really fun. That could be a really fun line to watch. To me, those Milano was supposed to be a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty uh, good player in Columbus. That he was draft. I don't know where he was drafted, but I remember there was a little bit of hype around him. Then he mm-hmm. went to Anaheim, had some very fun seasons out there, and then Washington picked him up and he was great last year. So bringing him in Strom was another failed third overall pick Mm -hmm. who is now kind of rejuvenated and kind of like we were talking about with like Lafreniere last week and a couple other guys, you know, it's, it is what it is. Sometimes they don't pan out to be what they're worth, but if he can become a solid third line center on this team, like which he is, (laughs) he was last year and it'll be exciting to see if they, if they are more competitive this year, if everyone stays healthy, when he's in that role, how good he could really be. And Anthony Mantha, who was very highly touted in Detroit, all three guys that Washington took chances on. And hopefully it pans out for him. I think that line just, it's really cool to see that line. All three of those guys, all different back or all similar backgrounds end up on the same line. That
0: should be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Milano was 16th overall in 14. Okay. So yeah, definitely somebody that they were very high on him. And it's funny because Part of the reason that people were—I think this is right. I maybe don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that Milano had put out. He was on YouTube when he was like eight or nine years old, with doing Michigan stuff and all these like stick, these sick stick tricks and stuff like that. And so when he got drafted, everybody's like, "Oh, this kid's gonna be sick!" And like then they're like throwing it back to like all this different stuff that he had done. And so it's like interesting to me because he took a while, and I was always a little bit. I think that. He was a little too trevor zegres for for Tortorella and Columbus, and that cost him his roster spot and so he had to go elsewhere, which ironically is Anaheim with Zegres to get that spot but I think he's carved out a good position for himself and yeah he's not a first line first line winger, but I think he's a third line winger i think he could put i think he could potentially score twenty twenty goals i mean I wouldn't be that shocked if he scored twenty goals, but yeah, I mean good on him for making it work and same thing like I'm interested to see how like everybody's oh, they gotta trade Mantha, they gotta trade Mantha, they gotta trade Mantha this year. They didn't. How's that going how's he gonna rebound? Because I think he could absolutely rebound and be very good, but he also needs he needs to earn that and do it again. And so and like same thing with Strom, like okay, you got your contract now, prove it again. Continue to do what you did all of last year. And that's that's what I mean. Like that's why I think that you're you're correct with that hot take of like that's a very realistic possibility of them going first into first in that metro because there is a lot like, but you you need that cohesion. And can Carver get that? Because I think if he can, I think that, and that may be what Mantha needed. Like that may be like, just a little bit of a change up, you know, just, a, you know, and also just season's over, put it away, start a new one.
1: Yeah.
0: I think he's good enough to do that. So, one other thing I want to quick, you know, to quick head on going back to St. Louis, Joel Hoffer is a world junior gold medalist. He really? was. A, starting goalie for Canada in 1920. Oh, wow. So
1: why do I not remember that? Yes. I don't know
0: either because that would have been the one right before COVID. So huh? that would have been the, the one that ended in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a Barrett Hayden, Alexis Lafreniere. It was that team. Okay. So he was starting. Actually, yeah. now that you say that, I kind of, I, I just remember hearing the name, but mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Nico Dawes was his backup. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, just I know we're, yeah, for the fans, me and Kyle are big world junior guys. So just something, another just kind of funny thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my hot take for Washington. Can't forget that part. My favorite yeah, I was part. about that. To Tom Wilson <laughs> scores 35 goals this year. Ooh, I love it. So I think this is going to be the year. I think he's going to, uh, he was on pace for 32 last year, but he only played 33 games, which, well, he missed the, the beginning part, but. He would have scored 32 if he had been healthy for, and it scored at the rate he was scoring for the whole season. I don't think 35 is unrealistic. I think it. people are going to be all over Ovechkin because he's, always you know, chasing the goal record and it's going to leave Wilson available. And I also think under Carberry, what is he going to do? You know, like could, could that be the big difference maker? Because you've seen him evolve through different coaches and what they want it. And like his penalty minutes have consistently come down and it's like, okay. Is this the year where you fully transition into that deadly power forward who scores thirty-five goals, has eighty penalty minutes, or whatever? But and it still lead is one of the the you know leading guys in hits. Mm-hmm. I think that's a possibility, and I think that that's going to be the full Tom Wilson experience, and that is going to be fun to watch, and that could be another piece that pushes Washington in that first over our first spot in the Metro. So yeah, I love it. I
1: love Tom Wilson, and then another one. I don't know. I guess Washington, as I'm talking here, I guess Washington's one of those teams I'm cheering for. And I always, I always like Washington. I always mm-hmm. like watching them, like watching them. <laughs> <laughs> because they are. They're just, they're just a bunch of guys on the team that people hate. And there's no real, the only reason you hate them is just because they're nasty. They can mm-hmm. be nasty, but they're fun to watch. There's one of those teams that I've always enjoyed watching. So, Wilson is one of the reasons. So yeah, I'm really excited about that and I hope you're right.
0: Yeah. All right. Anything else on these two? Nope. All right. So now we are moving into the Philadelphia Flyers. So this is a team that we had a, a friend come on and talk to us about. So our friend, Doug Hauk. Yep. That's he, correct. I wasn't sure about the last name I'm I'm bad with, with last names, but uh, yeah. So he came on and he talked to us about the Philadelphia Flyers and so we just want to give him a thank you for coming out and being on the show and you know and spreading the word about the show and all that kind of stuff and talking to us about the Flyers. As much as I could have done this because I am a Flyers fan, I think it was really cool to have somebody else on and get a different opinion and different thoughts on it. So you know we're gonna break into that now and then we'll comment on comment on the back end. All
1: right. Joining us today is uh It's going to be a shock to my brother when he hears that he's on the podcast today. But uh, joining us today to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers is uh, his name is Doug Halk. Welcome to the show, Doug.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, yeah, shout out to Shane. I will be gentle with uh, the Crosby comments on this episode.
1: (laughs) Nope, give it to him. We want to hear it.
0: (laughs) oh yes at one point we're gonna have a bunch of us philly fans in with shane in the room and we're just gonna assault him and just see what happens so i'll get used to it it'll be fine
2: yeah make make sure you uh you get you get that one uh in person i would love to be there
0: <laughs> we can arrange that yeah. <laughs>
1: all right doug uh first question we're gonna ask is how long have you been a fan and why are why are the flyers your favorite team uh
2: so i've I always remember growing up, uh, the flyers were kind of always on. I would, I would say the majority of my family was probably more than a casual fan. Um, so, you know, I, I just remember kind of always watching them growing up. Um, I, I kind of got more into them, uh, later in high school, probably like 2007. Um, so they were kind of coming out of a bad time then. And, um, you know, got to watch them get a little better going into that 2010 run. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my fan history and um, why they're my favorite team. Just yeah, growing up with them and you know, Philly area, Philly sports. Um, just stuck with the Flyers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember that 2010 run. You went to a ton of those games, so it's a really cool experience. I'm sure to go see a lot of them, and I believe. I went to one of them with you. So it was really cool. It was a cool, it was a fun year for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wild ride kind of reminded me of, um, of the Panthers this last season, you know, pretty, pretty shocking that they got in. I think that was, that was the year that they got in, uh, with that overtime game against the Rangers. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, shocking that they got in and they had all sorts of goalie trouble and, um, yeah, they made, they made a hell of a run. So, uh, pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that was that was the Brian Boucher selly after the shootout win, which will be just in it just is it burned into my brain. It will be for the rest of my life. It was so cool cuz at that point you really never saw goalie Celly and so it was really cool to see him do that. And then them go that far with that mishmash team of a bunch of like misfits in some ways. It was really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yep,
1: and we won't bring up the second round of the playoffs that year, you know, the comeback.
2: <laughs> no, we can skip over that. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it was too, uh, too exciting. Too I'm, I'm, the
1: one, I'm the one that brought it up, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> dumb, yeah. dumb Boston fans.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: so we'll move on to the, the current Flyers right now. So it's been an eventful offseason for the team, hiring new president, new general manager, big-time draft, and should be pretty exciting for Flyers fans right now. What are your thoughts?
2: uh yeah it was definitely definitely a more exciting off season than it's been in a while I would say um I remember i don't know the the last time I remember kind of getting this excited or or this much activity was probably when they had Hayes and then they they brought in Keith Yandel. I was just excited to see those those two guys together and see how they brought the locker room together but um yeah, I mean obviously a lot of moves um i I don't think anybody was too upset to see Chuck Fletcher go mm-hmm. um you know, I, I think uh people have a lot of thoughts about Briere and Jones coming in. Um I I don't have any reason not to be optimistic. Um, I mean I, I think they've been uh kind of in free fall for, for a while now. So um, you know, Jones has been watching the team for, you know, how long he's been calling them every night, pretty much. And you know, Briere was part of the team and I I think it does help bringing in somebody that's been in the league and been in the league relatively recently um you know somebody that knows what it takes to put a locker room together so you know I, I I think those two guys will I think they at least care um and and whether they have the exact tools to do a great job I don't I don't know for sure I mean time will always tell but you know I I think they they want to figure it out and I I think you know there is a a more positive energy around the team um you know now than there's, than there's been within you know the last two seasons probably
0: yeah i think there's more excitement than i mean going back to right before Hextal, where it's like hey we're yeah. finally getting a gm you know and, and i mean i think some of us were high on Hextall. i think that he was small well, he's supposed to be the next big thing and then that was brutal and then he tried to ruin hockey in pennsylvania but didn't work <laughs> didn't work but yeah uh, it, it really is it's, it's i mean as a flyers fan it's fun to see them go and hire somebody that, well, it's like, oh, there's, I mean, he's never done this before, but both of those guys are Philly guys. Like they've been here, they understand the city, they understand the fan base. And I think that's something that's important that we can't forget about. And unfortunately it's easy to, but it's so important.
2: Yeah, agreed. And I, I, I think that that was probably the expectation with bringing Hextall in. Um, I mean, I, I, obviously a lot of the fan bases, is kind of stuck in that era, um, and you know it, it obviously didn't work out. But um, you know we keep you know their their new slogan is a new era, of Flyers, and you know we'll see if they actually mean it. But uh, yeah, based on you know the the age and the size of the team, I, I think it has to be a new era. You know, it's a it's a bunch of young guys, hopefully more on the on the skilled side than the uh, than the bruiser side. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the, the future is looking, you know, relatively optimistic.
1: Absolutely. And I, I'm just so excited to see a guy like Keith Jones. It just, it's, it's, he's just such a jokester in the area. And it's just so funny to think like I, he was on, I don't know if you heard Doug, but he was on Anthony Gargano local radio here and he, uh, it was one of the greatest. He was on for like an hour, and it was the greatest like time. Just Gargano just kept going like he couldn't say it with a straight face. It's like Keith Jones, the president of the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. But like, it's just so cool. And if you listen to that interview, and you're a Flyers yeah. fan, and don't get excited, I, I wouldn't know what to say.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, like like I said, it. You know, I don't I don't have a reason not to be optimistic. Um, you know, I I think I'm uh, keeping keeping the hopes you know kind of in check but uh yeah the the optimism is starting to come back around it's a good feeling
1: yeah absolutely and then fast forward to the draft and hmm. they decide to go with uh you know so it was a surprise i think everybody was a little bit thrown back when they announced that mitchkov was going to the Flyers. and you know when it was first kind of rumored and discussed i was like i don't get it and then i saw the kid's reaction at the draft and it, it he looked so pumped and if I'm a Flyers fan and I see that that that's that's just got to be so exciting.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um, I you know I, there must have been some reason that he was that fired up, but uh, <laughs> you know that's that's the match that you're looking for. Um, obviously, the, the Flyers were thrilled to get him. I you know I I don't think anybody was expecting him to fall down to that spot um and i you know i don't i don't think he's gonna be over here for for two or three more seasons i think um but yeah his uh his skill set is pretty lethal um and if he keeps you know improving on that and and uh when he comes over and he's you know he's ready to make that jump i i think that's gonna have a lot of people on the edge of their seats waiting for that
1: yep so uh is there uh is there another move? that you think that the Flyers could or should make before the season starts or do you think they should just kind of go with the roster that they have
2: yeah I think overall uh for the time being I I think kind of stay the course um it's you know you you got a few I guess veterans um you know Mark Stahl is he's obviously the move uh you know bringing in a veteran but yeah, you, know, you have Travis Konechny and Sanheim and Couturier who have been there, you know, for a while now. Couturier, you know, longer than some of the others. But um, yeah, I, I I think it's a good time to, you know, expectations are low and just let the guys, you know, get to know each other and kind of create their identity for the team and just kind of build on that. Um, you know, I, I I think it's a good time to just keep everybody as is and and wait you know maybe see how this season goes and and see if your if your weak spot is on offense or defense and you know figure out if there's a a big name you want to bring in there to try to fill that gap but i i i don't see much of a a need or an urgency to to kind of make any sort of big signing or big move uh at the moment
1: yeah for sure uh i'm just curious to hear your thoughts uh Carter Hart's name keeps getting thrown around in rumors uh would you be okay with it, or do you think it'd be crazy for them to move him?
2: Yeah, that's that's probably my hottest take uh, on the Flyers at the moment, and and probably over the past couple seasons. I I'm not going to bash Carter Hart. I just don't think that he's the savior or the centerpiece on the team, um, and and that's you know he's young. He you know showed. Signs of greatness uh, when he came in. And then I, I think he kind of you know showed signs of mediocrity, which is fine. And I also kind of my mentality with goalies in the NHL um, anymore is you know there's probably five or six of those long term, you know, build a team around a goalie type of goalies that are that consistent for you know three seasons or more. Other than that, you know, you can see goalies bounce around and you ride the goalie while they're hot and they might take you to the playoffs and they might not. And I, I just think that goalies are, are a little bit more of a roll of the dice anymore. And I know a lot of people are, are still really hot on Carter Hart, um, which I, again, I think is fine. Um, he's good. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't. I would be fine to see him go, uh, especially if there was a good return. I mean, they got they got rid of Kevin Hayes for nothing, you know, a sixth round pick. So if they can get a you know better trade out of Carter Hart, uh, I I don't I don't see any issues with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that like I agree. I think we're seeing the NHL transition into a two goalie system. And that kind of proves is another problem. Well, part of that is you see that where it's no longer, you don't have your starting goalie starting 65 games anymore. You just can't. The one, the workload is just too much. We're playing too many games in too short of a time, but it's also just the inconsistency. And it's, it's so funny to me how you can have a goalie who's so good for one year. And then the next year is just like completely falls off the planet. And it's just like, nothing changed. Like what happened? and but that's kind of the problem with the position. And I don't think that's ever really going to be fixed. And I agree. There's a handful of guys I think I can point to and say, yeah, they're going to be good this year. And I know they're going to be good. But other than that, it's kind of like it's tough, which is where like I fall in the kind of that middle category of where I'm like, I don't want to see them trade Hart. But if the return for Hart is really good, you have to because you have Urson, you have hopefully you have Fedotov coming over. It's like and Hart's going to be. You know in his 30s by the time we're good again well, hopefully not but this is probably what it's looking like so why not get assets for him now what you can
2: yeah agreed and i i always go back to when they got rid of Bobrovsky and they brought in brisgala and it was i kind of saw Bobrovsky, uh, kind of a similar situation as Hart. you know he was young he, they had him for less than a million dollars a year and i would say he was proud he probably showed above average talent maybe um and and to me it was like you know he's nothing in terms of a cap hit and he's pretty good at the position so you know i think there's upside there um but when they brought in briskal he was making Mm
1: -hmm. you know
2: eight eight, nine ten million i forget exactly what it was but it's you know it's like ten times the cap hit and we knew what his ceiling was and i you know we didn't see his ceiling. His ceiling was in, uh, Phoenix. So, you know, I, I don't want them to treat it like that situation, but I, I totally agree with you. If, if, you know, there's an attractive trade offer out there, I think it's worth looking into. I, I just don't think goalies are consistent enough to, um, you know, to kind of live and die by anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It's, 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 it's tough because, you know, you don't want to give up because the fires have been knocked over the years So not having a goalie since Bernie Perrant. Mm. And, you know, when you have a guy as talented as Carter Hart, it's hard to move him. But you're also in a position right now that eh, it's probably best for the team. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. And I think, it, in my opinion, it's one of those things, if, if they do it, I think people are going to knock it. But in the long run, it's probably the best move.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's probably uh it's probably an aggressive move uh to make for new management you know mm-hmm. they're they're coming in and, and trying to trying to get things together and and get the ship headed in the right direction and that's that probably would not be a fan favorite move mm-hmm. um so you know maybe maybe uh maybe they'll revisit that one next season.
1: Yeah, because also too, like a move like that would make you scratch your head of why is John Tortorella the head coach of this team? Are we trying to <laughs> are we trying to rebuild? Or are we trying to win hockey games? Like, make the decision. Me personally, I love John Tortorella, so I I think it's exciting to have him here. Uh, actually, I'll just kind of boost off of that. What are your thoughts of him being the head coach of the team?
2: Yeah, I I kind of wanted to get into that too. Um, I, I agree with you. I I like him as a coach. Um, I think. I think he's a different coach than he was 10 years ago um you know I, I think he was he was pretty hot-headed and you know he always had some entertaining clip uh, from the media which was great when he was not the coach of your favorite team um, but i I think he's changed uh, and and I really was on the fence for a while if I thought he was the right coach for this team um, and i i didn't really think so up until this point and i would say the tortorella from 10 years ago i would say would not be the right coach for this team going into this season um but i i think kind of a different version that i see of torts uh i i think he can be the right coach to you know get this young group in the right mindset and kind of work together and um you know, get really get them going. And I have a feeling uh that Tortorella and Fletcher probably were not best of friends.
1: <laughs> um
2: and I I'm hoping that, you know, Brier Aaron Jones uh I, I, I think that situation's probably gonna be better all around. So yeah, I I I I was pretty pessimistic on torts uh you know for a while. Uh, but I've really come around and I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what he does, you know, with this really new looking team going forward.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> he, it's interesting to me because I was definitely not for it when they hired him. Cause I, well part because I want the flyers to really suck and pick first overall because we need that so badly, which in some sense we did with getting Mitch call because he should have been one or two overall, this draft class, but fell. But it's one of those things where it's like he was almost a year too early, but I agree completely about like the new torts. He's such, he's such a different coach. And I kind of wonder if he's not in the early transition of from coach to GM, just because it seems like there's things like that that are happening. And I'm wondering if he's not going to be the next Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello. (laughs) She's can't speak today. And, you know, kind of is in that position of where he's just like moving around and he's kind of doing all kinds of stuff, but he's, he's really good at what he does. And is he going to be the GM that then brings in that new young coach who he can then lead into becoming a great coach. And I think he's really like, he knows what he's doing and it's really interesting to see because I think that he came in and he did what we need him to do. Like he increased Connecting's value. He like in some ways increased Hayes value, some ways not. He increased Broverall's value. Like he did a lot with this team. And at the same time, he also really showed us what we have. And I think that's the most important piece is now we know like who's staying, who's going, what do we have in these guys? And you couldn't have done that without sports.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I think, you know, he's, he's shown kind of a level headedness and a, a consistency that, um, you know, I, I, I think they really need going into the season. Cause there's, there's definitely going to be ups and downs and highs and lows and, Um, You know, I I I think this version of him and and where he's at in his coaching career. I I think he's he's actually a pretty good fit uh, for this squad
1: Yeah, and I think I think Tortorella doesn't get the credit that he deserves of Mm. being able to work with younger players Because of how hard he is on them and a lot of younger players these days clearly don't they don't uh, Mm -hmm. they don't like that so but at the same time, if they do like it, they're going to develop their game and become superstars in this league. So I think he's a great fit for this team because, again, like you said, they're so young, there's going to be highs and lows, and who better who better to try to get more highs out of the team than John Tortorella? Because when it's low, you're going to hear about it for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Agreed. So, well, I guess I'll move on to the next one, and that's uh, the season. What are your thoughts? What are you looking for from this team this year? uh
2: i th- i think in terms of you know their record and wins and losses I, I i don't think you can really put much weight or expectation there um i you know i'm guessing that they're not going to be winning a ton of games um but i i think you just you kind of want to see that spark and i'm hoping that you know every game you have one of these younger guys you know do something make some kind of play you know just be, be in a position to to make you notice that player and and be like oh wow that i you know i think he i think that guy's got something going for him um so you know I, i'm i'm hoping we see a, a little bit of that spark with the guys um you know I, I i i wouldn't be surprised and i'm not saying this with any kind of you know i this is not going to be a sound clip i hope but <laughs> You never know what's going into the season making season predictions. I mean, how many times, you know, you're like, oh, this this team's going to win the division easily, and somehow they miss playoffs completely by, like, one point. If they somehow snuck into a wild card, who knows? I I mean, the expectations are low, and and hopefully the guys can play pretty free and loose. I mean, I guess as free and loose as you can play under torts, but you know I, I i just hope that they're at least having fun and you know working hard and you never know when when something like that can click i and i i, I don't want to compare them to carolina carolina's a obviously a very good team and you know rob the bot is incredible coach but i i carolina a few seasons ago went from like pretty bad to all of a sudden, out of nowhere, really without, you know, a, a a well-known superstar, they just turned into, like, a really good team, and um, I, I think you're starting to see that a little bit more and more with the parity in the NHL. It doesn't take much for a really bad team to kind of clean house a little bit, get some of the right young guys in that, you know, a lot of people don't know the names and never really see much of, but these guys are in the NHL for a reason. Um, and if, if they get things clicking, you know, I, I think we could be surprised, but yeah, I mean, obviously expectations are pretty low. I'm not expecting playoffs. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a couple seasons until, you know, I think the expectations of them being a contender are, you know, even talked about, but, um, yeah, I, I'm just looking for, you know, excitement, optimism this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually love the Carolina comparison because I think that's what they probably need to start building towards is to try to get to like that step. And like you said, hey, you sneak in a wild card. You never know. That's what happened with Carolina. They snuck into a wild card and then they beat the defending champs the next year in Washington and went on to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, it's all about opportunity. It's all about players stepping up. And like you said, hopefully they have some fun and that usually brings success. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it's a good thing that we don't have any Boston fans on this podcast because I was going to say, like this last season, you could have the best team in the history of the league, you know, really flop in the playoffs. So it's, it's kind of crazy that anything could happen like that. But um, it's, it, that's just a completely objective example of, you know, what, what could happen in, in the NHL.
1: Listen, Doug, I brought uh, you on uh, the show.
0: I have never <laughs> wanted a boom roasted button on the soundboard more than I want it right now. Because if I did, that would be the perfect boom roasted moment of all. This was the greatest
1: thing we've ever done until then, but it's fine. But no, you, you are you are right, though. It is, it's very true because you mentioned expectation. Like, realistically, yeah, Boston did have that great season. But before the season, people were like, is this even a playoff team? And then they went right. out and did that. Uh, we just talked about Vegas last uh, – I think it was last episode a couple ago. And I said – before the season started, I'd even have Vegas in the playoffs. So yeah, you do. You never know. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, I mean, look at Seattle. Like yeah, that—that's yeah. an insane run. I, and similar to Vegas, I mean, they came in into the league the same way. They—they they didn't dominate the way Vegas did, but I mean, Seattle looked like a joke. And for them to even make it to the playoffs and and put up the fight that they did, you know, it's it. it it really it's timing and, and when that team is clicking and if you get the right group of guys together, you know uh, what's the saying about hard work versus talent? I mean, our hard, hard work is going to, you know, outbeat talent. I, I would say most of the time. Um, so you never know, uh, mm. but it will it, be exciting.
0: Should I roast Toronto right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, just go for it.
0: We're, we're roasting everyone apparently. <laughs> well, that's why that's why Toronto will never win a cup. They have all kinds of talent, but they don't work that hard. So yeah, that's that's, exactly that's that 2016 nhl draft class it's got to be the laziest draft class in history but anyway yeah it's true though it's very true
1: all right well we're talking the flyers here so we'll get back to them uh you mentioned earlier about when i mentioned carter hart that that was kind of a hot take we like to do on this show is give hot takes so do you have any hot takes with flyers this year
0: yeah carter hart was
2: probably my hottest take um i would say other than that i i would love to see I, i'm really excited to see what connect going to do um i mean last season he was a point per game i don't i'm i don't know if he's an 80 point guy but um you know obviously the position that he's going to be put in uh a lot's going to be riding on him so um yeah put put me down for the hot take that Connectney's going to be uh Eighty-two points this season.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, one player on the Flyers I always wanted to, or like I would definitely give a hot take towards is Owen Tippett. I have very, very high hopes for him. I really enjoyed watching his game last year, and we talked about Tortorella earlier. And I think Tortorella has completely changed that kid's career. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, agreed. He's he's going to be uh, really exciting to watch as well. Yeah,
0: redheads for days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I
1: think that's going to wrap this up. Uh, Doug, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you enjoyed this as I think everyone else is really going to enjoy this talk. Cause I mean, there's no Flyers fans in this area anyway. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. This was, uh, this was my podcast debut. Um, yeah, hopefully next time it's, it's in person or, uh, you know, we get a, we get a virtual recording or something. I, I did, talk my nose hairs for this one just in case but um you know the the phone the phone was pretty good still
1: oh yeah yeah no that's that's next we're still we're still a little early and we're still poor so we got we got some work ahead of us but we'll get there we'll get there one day uh just want to quickly shout out real quick doug i'm going to give you an early congratulations on being a father too
2: Mm. oh thanks man yeah we are uh we're like two weeks away so i'm glad that we could uh schedule this one in i don't think my wife is currently going into labor so i I think we are we are safe with uh getting this episode in in time so thank you i appreciate that
1: yeah no problem listen i hope she understands you know glass bones hockey podcast is a lot more important right now (laughs) Uh, that's awesome yeah Yeah, yeah, thanks guys
2: you guys are doing great i appreciate having me on and um you know looking forward to the season
1: awesome thanks a lot doug we'll talk to you later Thank you. All
2: right.
0: Take care. Bye. Thank you, Doug, for doing that. We really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a great conversation. We really enjoyed our time with him. So we're just going to comment a couple of things on that and then we'll move on. So I don't have too much to comment on. I mean, I think that I'm going to touch on the arrivals and the, and the departures just because we didn't really talk about that. And I just want to, cause there has been a lot of changeover. So, Arrivals are Mark Stahl, Garnet Hathaway, Sean Walker, Cal Peterson, and Ryan Paling, and Victor Mette. Then departures are Kevin Hayes, Ivan Proveroff, Tony D'Angelo, James A. zike Brendan Lemieux, and Justin Braun. So just want to touch on that real quick because there that was a lot of change up. Mm-hmm. So and then I'll go first with my yeah. expectations. Yeah, so I think this team is going to be the eighth seed in the Metro Division, which I don't think is a hot take. As we talk about, it's a tough division. I think every other team. I think they got better, and I think if Couturier and Atkinson play all season, they're going to be solid. But this division is just too tough, and I think they're just, and I think they're going to be one of the teams that's not going to beat the Atlantic teams. I think they're going to lose a lot of those games, so I think they're going to drop into that bottom, which isn't the end of the all I mean, if they get another top five pick this year, that's great, and you know, get a if you get that the uh, left left winger for that Gauthier Mitchkov line. Great, that would be awesome. So yeah, and I'll just roll that into my hot take. Is even with that, I think Travis Konechny scores ninety points this year. So okay. that's my hot take for this team.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's very reasonable. I'm not surprised. Like, I think well, that would be a surprise because that's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But especially on a crappy team, on a crappy team. But hey, every team needs to score goals, mm-hmm. and I think that gets forgotten sometimes. And I, I really do think that he is the driving force of that team with what they have right now. Mm-hmm. So that would be pretty cool to see, uh, especially if he does like kind of get some chemistry or fin- or do a full season of how they kind of him and Frost kind of play pretty well together near the end. So if they could do that for 82 games, there's definitely potential there for 90 points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to additions, yeah, a lot of those guys were, are, crappy team additions mm-hmm. it's just cap cap hits and but uh hathaway and delorier are gonna be so <laughs> annoying to play against <laughs> and that's the thing with this team i 100 percent agree i i'm going to have them in eighth in that as well that's not really a knock on them mm-hmm. and that would be very good for them for the future for new regime and the management mm-hmm. and let's uh let's start rebuilding what we need to do here. So I really think that that'd be a good thing. As long as they're playing competitive, that's Mm -hmm. what you're asking from them. Don't make it easy for these other teams. Just show up, play hard. And and yeah, I I, they they will with Tortorella as the coach, with the players on that team, they're going to be annoying to play against, but they're not going to win very many hockey games. So yeah, Mm -hmm. my hot take is it's kind of a Matt Burke type of hot take. It's a trade worth. (laughs) Okay, So uh, it's very specific and the chances of it happening are pretty slim to none. But Morgan Frost will get traded to the Bruins by the end of the season. Mm. Or I'll go, I'll even I'll push it just to make it a little bit more realistic through next off season. (laughs) Okay. I just, I could see them chasing a guy like that. So that way they can use him as a piece for for Mark Shifley. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's what
0: my mind was thinking too. So, yeah, sorry, I can't help myself. i will tell you what, if Straily ends up in Boston, I'm going to look like a complete idiot. But
1: it's still funny to me. Well, so am I, because all I've done is tr- sounds like I'm just trashing him all the time. But you're
0: just annoying. So. <laughs> no, but but that is, but that is to me is I think something that Sweeney would do. I so I think that that's a good like a, a good hot take is that's the type of player I could see Sweeney going. No, I want that's who I want to go because it's not going to cost you a terrible amount to get frost. I mean, like he hasn't proven that much. I mean, he's still not signed for a reason, like kind of thing. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get traded. And yeah, I mean, what could he do with Marshan on his line? Like, or, you know, pass on the side or, you know, whatever it's, and it's just something that I could see really, I could see that being a good fit there. So yeah, I think that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the chances of it happening, if I hit on that, I need to go pro at this,
1: but I don't think it's going to, but it's just one of those things that I could, if that's the type of guy, you know, if Boston has these struggles at center that a lot of people think they might, he might be like, you know what, whatever, take, uh, take some, a couple of our prospects. Here's a second or third round pick or something. And let's just make this happen. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. That's just one of those names that has been on my mind this off season.
0: So. Mm -hmm. All right. I like it. That's pretty Pretty sexy. Uh, Yes. All right. Anything else on any of these teams before we wrap up?
1: Uh, Not on these teams. I do want to thank Doug because that was very, very fun. We had a blast talking to him and I think a lot of people are going to enjoy hearing what he had to say. And there was a couple laughs in there. We had a great time. So that that was, that was a lot of fun
0: and yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. We really did enjoy our time and it's been fun having, Mm -hmm. I mean, we, at this point we've done 4 of them. You will this will be the second one you guys get to hear, but you'll hear the next the two the other ones that we've recorded next week. But we're really enjoying these. These have been a ton of fun and it's great to have the fan base kind of come on as well and talk to the fan base and you know, hey, like, you know, what are you guys thinking stuff like that. So it was cool to have him on and same same with with Bill. It was just it's been a great time. So thanks Doug. It was great. We really appreciate you coming on and we had a great time. Yeah. Mm-hmm all right well this wraps up our preview for this for these teams because we did them all weird and you know couldn't make it simple on ourselves yeah. you almost said metro division didn't you I almost said a couple of different things and I was like <laughs> nope nope not that one nope 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 not that one not that one either but yeah we like to you know we like to have some fun so thank you all it's been great we really enjoy it thanks for tuning in and we'll see you all soon.